Welcome to episode 9 of the series Understanding the Ages. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are unfolding your perfect plan for all of mankind. As we, we look at, at the creation story, over six days you created everything and then on the seventh day you rest. As we come to this seventh age, may we, uh, Lord, be brought into a deeper understanding of what your purposes have been at work through all the history of mankind to achieve your good purposes here on earth. Give us a deeper understanding this day, we ask in Jesus' mighty name. Well, as we see in the creation story, God had a purpose. He created everything. And on the sixth day, he created man and placed him within all that he created. And it was good. Well, what we're seeing uh, today is the seventh age. And since the fall, since Satan led Adam and Eve into sin, and, and sin and Satan and all the demonic forces had been at work in the world, God has been at work to bring his kingdom here on earth and to establish it on the good world that he created. And in the seventh age, we find the culmination of what God has been at work through all the history of mankind finally coming into place. Now, uh, as we look at the seventh age, some of it is, is hard for us to grab hold of. Just like um, in uh, before Noah, for someone to explain, oh, there's going to be a great flood. They didn't understand that. And, and after the flood, there's going to be the relationship with animals will be different. There'll be now wild animals and, and the relationship between men and animals would be different. Before, no understanding. What, what about nations or different languages? It's, we don't know what you're talking about. So between... Ex <laughs> So what, what happened after the flood and what happened in the world there and people not living as long? It was, wow, it was a totally different age and with different rules and different things that were becoming normal. And so as we come and look at the seventh age, there's, there's many things that are beyond our present experience. And some of those things can be hard to grab hold of and all we can can, can do as, I, as I'm explaining them today is, is have a look at them and say, oh, yeah, in one sense I hear it here, but how, how that works or what that looks like, it is beyond our experience to explain or to talk about. And so we need to recognise the, the limitations that we have in our understanding because it's beyond our personal experience. So let's uh, begin today having a look at... God describing what happens when Jesus comes again and the saints are now ruling over the earth. What does it look like? What does it look like? It's described for us in Revelation chapter 20. Let me read from the New International Version. And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon, that ancient servant, serpent, who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him, threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from, the, from deceiving the nations any more until the thousand years were ended. And after that, he must be set free for a short time. 
I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony for Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years was ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. I'm going to start in the middle and then come back to the beginning. In the middle there, it's describing what has happened to the saints during the, the last time before Jesus comes again. They're beheaded, they've died because of their faith, and it says uh, their reward at the end of this time is they are risen to new life. But other places in Scripture, like in Thessalonians or um, even in the Gospels or in the book of Acts, it says one day Jesus is going to come again. And when he comes again, those who have believed in him, when he comes again, but we resurrected to new life. And so I believe, although that description there is describing those who have died during the Great Tribulation, it's not just limited to them, but it's limited to, <laughs> limited, <laughs> but it's extended to all those who have believed in Christ, that when Christ comes again, they sh you and I, they shall be raised to new life and receive new spiritual bodies. And in, with those new spiritual bodies, they shall be reigning in the kingdom of God here on earth. So what does this thousand years, we, it's often called the millennium because of that. It's a thousand years. A thousand years is called a millennium. What's happened there? Well, we get, get a very clear description at the end of it. Because since the fall, Satan has been the prince of the power of the air. And he is... Uh, led everyone astray, which resulted in the flood and all humankind dying except for those with Noah, all the animals and his um, three sons and their wives and Noah's wife on the ark. So there was only eight that were saved out of all of mankind during the flood. But then God, in, in the second age, he instituted the nations and we see already with the Tower of Babel that Satan's interfering with all of mankind and leading the, the nations astray and so the gods of the nations have been the idols. But God has chosen one nation for himself, Israel, and says, I am the God of Israel. And then in this sixth age, with Jesus coming, um, we, we find Israel has been hardened for a time, but now... The gospel is going out to the nations and Jesus will not come again till the gospel of the kingdom is preached to all nations. So now in the millennium, God is establishing the kingdom rule on earth. We've been praying for it. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And now the kingdom of God is manifested over all the earth without the interference of Satan because Satan is bound up for a thousand years. Um, and when, when he's bound up for a thousand years, I believe that's not just uh, Satan is just one fallen angel, but it's all the fallen angels. There's some like the false prophet thrown into the lake of fire. They've already received their final judgment. But Satan and I believe all the other demons and fallen angels, um, we can work out. Um, yeah, you can read the scriptures yourself to, to see some uh, definitions there. But all of these demonic beings that have been 
as it were, at work in this kingdom of darkness of the prince of the power of the air that has influenced all the nations who have worshipped these fallen angels. And so we've had the uh, you know, demonic prince of Greece and Persia, which are mentioned in the book of Daniel and all these others, or or just the, the personal demons that come and, you know, have lived in people and then had to be cast out because the kingdom has come. Well, now all these demons and all these fallen angels are removed from the human experience for a thousand years. Can you can even think of that? Um, I remember when my wife was doing a nurse's training and she went into the mental wards as, as, as part of the training as a nurse. She was told, please do not speak about anything religious or anything, uh, because all these people that are, uh, you know, um, admit, uh, many of them have all these religious phobias because the demonic activity uh, has produced much sickness, much sin, um, you know, depravity, uh, mental disease, um, death, <laughs> drug addiction, all these kind of things that have been produced by demons. And even just the, the t t temptation to sin, demons that are there, you know, uh, uh, making lustful thoughts to, towards a woman or whatever it would be. That kind of spiritual demonic oppression that comes uh, upon us either personally or groups or whole nations is gone. It's exercised from all of creation, as it were, the whole world, as it were, the book of Revelation is, as it were, this uh, the Lord Jesus coming to cast out Satan from all the affairs of man so that the kingdom of God can be established over all the earth. In, in session seven, we'll look at uh, something more of um, episode uh, 11. We'll look at something more of that. But so it's a completely different dimension. Now, because the kingdom of God is now on earth. As, it, as we're told in Revelation 11 and verse 15, the kingdom of this world has now become the kingdom of his Christ and he has begun to reign in all the earth over all nations. Wow, what an incredible picture. So that there are no longer any false idols. There are no longer any demons interfering with either nations or people with personal temptation. It's a whole different age. And there's some other fruits that are because of this. It's, uh, if you read through uh, Isaiah chapter 2, it says, Jerusalem is now the chief of all mountains and the chief place of worship for all the nations to come to. And it says in Zechariah 12, that um, sorry, Zechariah 14, that all the nations are coming together for the Feast of Tabernacles. And if any nation does not send a representative to the Feast of Tabernacles, and then they will suffer because of that, because the worship of God and then the understanding of God and the knowledge of the glory of the Lord covers the earth as the waters cover the sea. So this is this whole age. And we're told in Isaiah, once again, that... They will take their swords and they will beat them into to ploughing because no one's making war anymore. In Isaiah 65, it says, For anyone in this, this seventh age who dies at a hundred years old, he will be considered a youth. So although death, which is the last enemy to be destroyed, which is not destroyed to the end of the seventh age when God creates a new heavens and a new earth and... Um, there's a second resurrection from the dead and then there is no more death or dying. 
But in this millennium age, the ravages of death, although not completely destroyed, are severely lessened. He who, do, he who dies at a hundred will be considered a youth. We consider anyone that dies at a hundred, well, they've lived a really good life. In the millennium, he who dies at a hundred, well, you know, he, he didn't live out the fullness of his years. An incredible picture of what um, the millennium is, is going to be like. And also in Isaiah 11, it says, the lion shall lie down with the, uh, the lamb. Or it speaks of a toddler putting his hand down into the snake pit and not being bitten. And so we see that this relationship between man and animals is restored to something of what it was like in the first age. So I don't know what that looks like. Do you know? <laughs> this is beyond our personal experience. But what we see, the, the scripture presents some of that. And um, if you want to look at some scriptures, have a look at Isaiah chapter 2. It describes something of that. Isaiah chapter 11 as well. Um gives us something of that picture. The other scripture that describes to us um, something in this age is the book of Ezekiel. In the book of Ezekiel, it, it describes how the whole geo geography in Jerusalem and Israel has changed. Because when Jesus comes again, it says the Mount of Olives is split right down the two. The Mount of Olives is the mount which is just east of the Temple Mount. It's part of modern-day Jerusalem. And that's where Jesus ascended into heaven and said, watch out, because in the same way he, he went up, he's going to come down again. And so um, book of Zechariah and, and Ezekiel speak of Jesus coming again. And when he comes again, he comes to the Mount of Olives and it's split in two. And Ezekiel talks about this new temple. We, we have the tabernacle and then we had um, uh, uh, Solomon's temple that was built. And then when they returned from exile, the exiles built a temple and then Herod refurbished that whole temple and made it an incredible structure that Jesus came to, which was then completely and totally destroyed in 70 AD. But Ezekiel talks about a new millennial temple and the whole geography of Israel has changed and all the land is redivided. And there's no Palestinian um, Israel problem anymore because it says the land is divided equally and all the aliens living in the land receive an inheritance of the land as well. And it says then, then a river is flowing out from underneath the altar of, on the Temple Mount and it flows all the way down the valley, all the way to the Dead Sea. And when it comes to the Dead Sea, the Dead Sea, which is the saltiest uh, um, part of uh, sea of water in the whole world and the lowest point in the world also, becomes fresh and fish are living in it. Fishermen are, are living in the Dead Sea. So the, the whole geography, the Dead Sea is changed. It says the marshes still remain salty. But the whole Dead Sea is made fresh. And it talks about um, the Messiah King coming into the temple. And only the Messiah King is allowed in the East or um, into the temple. And it describes uh, the, um, uh, the, the new temple, which is the Millennium Temple. So the, those are in the latter ch chapters in the book of Ezekiel. So this is the seventh age. That the kingdom of heaven has now become the kingdom here on earth. That, that that mandate that was given to man, go out and populate the whole earth and establish the kingdom of God there, is finally put in place. And just to finish, I, I'd like to come to 
Revelation 5, because in, in Revelation 5, it's the beginning of um, uh, where, where Jesus has come as a lion of the tribe of Judah and taken the scroll and opened the scroll and then um, all the end time things that happen at the end of this age are happening, which is a transition at the end of this age so that all uh, the the demonic system and the prince of the power of the air that has ruled and interfered with all the purposes of God here on earth since the fall are finally exercised out of the whole um, uh, part of what's happening amongst all the nations in the world. And Jesus comes again, there's a first resurrection, and then the saints are ruling. But let me read to you, um, just as we finish, some things of Revelation 5, because it gives us the whole picture of this purpose. And um, I'll read it and just give some comments as I say it. It said, Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. We find as we go through the book of Revelation, those seven seals are opened. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seal and open the scroll? No one in heaven on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. The lion of the tribe of Judah is Jesus in his kingly role. Rightful king of Israel, rightful king over all the nations. Now we find in Revelation chapter 4, that these 24 elders are described and these 24 elders are worshipping around the throne. And these 24 elders sit on thrones and they wear crowns. We saw um, when we read Revelation 20, I uh, talked about Jesus coming again and then those that were sitting on the, on the thrones and judging. You see, these are not angelic beings. God has appointed, who has he appointed kings? Who has he appointed those to judge? We looked in earlier that Paul said, don't you know that you're going to be sitting on thrones and judging angels? You see, this is for the saints. And so these 24 elders, they're not angelic beings. They represent the, these 24 elders, those who have been given authority on earth. And who did God give authority on earth to? Mankind. And so, therefore, these 24 elders are, are, are those that God has lifted up into that place of authority, representing the authority of man, both in heaven and on earth. That's God's delight, to invite us to rule with him. And so Jesus comes, and the Lion of the tribe of Judah, it's the only time that's mentioned in Scripture. In, in Genesis, when Jacob blessed his sons, he said the the, the scepter shall not depart from Judah. And so this is Jesus receiving his authority over Israel to be ruled as king of the Messiah, king over Israel, the king of the Jews, but over all the nations as well. But then it goes on. It says, then I saw a lamb. Jesus had to become the lamb to have the legal right to claim all the nations for himself, to purchase them from Satan and from sin. Looking... That's not expressed properly, but you know the meaning. Looking as it had been slain, standing in the centre of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. The Holy Spirit. Read um, Isaiah 11, the first few verses, and it describes that sevenfold Holy Spirit. 
He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders representing the authority of man from heaven, establishing it over all the earth, fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased men for God. That's what I'm talking about before. And with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they shall reign on earth. Finally, God is saying it's finally coming into place. God's purposes that he had right from the beginning where he gave the authority of man to rule over all of creation is now being put into place. Jesus is exalted to the throne of God. As it were, administered his, his kingdom through these 24 elders. And then all the saints are ruling on earth. You see, it's God's order. And God has first given authority to mankind. And then it says, Then I looked and heard the loud voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousands times ten thousands. Over a hundred million Angels, they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. So we have the authority of the throne of God. We have the 24 elders representing man's authority and then man ruling over earth and over all the nations of the earth as administrators, as administrators of the kingdom of God and of his Christ. And now it's talked about it's putting all in angels because Satan is a fallen angel who said he was above man and wanted to be prince of the power of there and rule. And that's an abomination in God's sight. God has now restored his order and it's manifest here on earth in the millennium, in that thousand years. God is ruling. Mankind is lifted up to rule with Christ, under Christ, worshipping Christ and honouring the king, but ruling as kings and administering that authority of Christ over all nations of the world. And under that is now all these angels who are made to be ministering servants, serving the authority of man, who are serving the authority of Christ. So Christ is in control. Man is lifted up in the fullness of his authority. All the angels are serving under that authority. And then it finishes with the last. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and under the sea and all that is in them singing, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honour and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Right at the beginning, God said, go out and rule, uh, go out and populate, the, multiply and populate the earth and rule over all the jurisdictions of earth, ruling over all the creatures that are there. Finally, God's purpose and plan is accomplished. And the rest of the book of Revelation is talking about how that is accomplished. But God's throne is in place. The elders, mankind, administering God's kingdom and the authority that is given them and the authorities and thrones that they sit on. All the angels are then ministering servants to, uh, to God and to man who is now walking in the authority of God. And then lastly, all the, cre all the creatures on earth are recognising that authority. And so that is part of the picture of what we see happening in those millennium years. God bless. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the rightful one who should reign over all peoples and over all that you have created. We acknowledge that truth and we thank you as we read in the book of Revelation. We thank you for that picture that we find in, in, in Revelation 5 when Jesus takes the scroll and unrolls the scroll. Then he is taking up his authority in heaven, lifting up man, uh, all those who have believed in Christ into the fullness of their authority to minister in the jurisdiction that they have been given, to be kings. For you, Jesus, are King of kings and Lord of lords. And you want to lift up uh, all those who believed in you into the fullness of their authority. We thank you then that all the angels are serving that authority of mankind that you have given to them. And then all the creatures are recognising that authority too. We thank you that in the millennium to come, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that when you come again, you are going to establish your kingdom here on earth. And we thank you for that. And we look forward to that. And Lord, continue to give us a deeper understanding of that, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you.